Yeah, how is everybody? Yeah. Who had a particularly good week last week? Raise your hand if you had a particularly good week last week. All right. Do me a favor. Find a bottle, bottle it up, and bring it and set it up here, please. Um, did anybody have the opposite? Did anybody just have a particularly... Honestly, so let's, let's, let's just kind of just go straight. Let's cut, let's cut the garbage. Did anybody just have a really particularly rough week? Raise your hand. I just want to see. Misery loves company. All right, I want to I see those hands because we want to take some time just to pray for people. I, we're going to start off with a little bit of confession, okay? I, I try not to bleed on the congregation every Sunday, but sometimes you just kind of have to put some things out there before you can walk forward. You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting here looking at all you guys smiling, and it's been life to me, and it's been energy for me, but part of me is like, I didn't want to get out of bed this morning. We, some of you know our story, and it's been a rough go for the last little while, but, but sometimes the big things, you can kind of just keep on pushing through, but then little things happen, and all of a sudden the little things just kind of start to break you. And I had a dream about 10 days ago or so, right before I went to go visit my little brother in prison. I shared last week, for those of you that were here, I went to go visit my little brother that's in prison. And um, it was a 13-hour drive each way that we did over four days, and, or within four days. And I had a dream the night before we left. And in this dream, it was me and my dad. We're driving down the road, and there were all these snakes in the road trying to basically just kind of junk up, gunk up our trip and our time. And I felt like there was a little bit of a dimension of, you know, kind of there was significance to the dream. It wasn't just what I'd eaten that night. I felt like there was something going on there that I needed to be aware of. And so I was really, I prayed like crazy, and I was really surprised to, you know, when my trip with my dad went better than I expected. But then every time I would call home and talk to Sarah, things were just going haywire for her. Just everything that could go wrong was going wrong. I'm glad she's not listening right now because I'm not trying to throw her under the bus, but just every, it was like, man, do I need to just come home right now? Um, so what we're like, Nathan was, Nathan was sick, Zach was sick, Josh was sick. We had, so three boys, three for three, they were all sick. Um, she wasn't feeling good, couldn't get any sleep. She would, yeah, one day had to take Nathan to the emergency room, got all the way to slow, realized that, we live in Morro Bay, got all the way to slow, realized she had left her wallet, Somewhere in the house, had to come all the way back while she has a baby that needs to be at the emergency room, had to come all the way back, get her wallet, then go back. Um, yeah, just, and then I get home and things are just garbage. This was, things are just coming at us. It was not very fun. Um, no sleep. Nathan would just wake up in the middle of the night and we'd have to be up with him for two or three hours trying to, you know, just grateful that he's alive and <laughs> just, but just wanting to be in bed. Um, Sarah left, this is just kind of where our family's at right now. Last, last thing, and then we're, I'll, I'll bring it back. I'm not going to do this all morning, don't worry. But Sarah left her, per, her wallet sitting on the copy machine at the UPS store. Like, that's, that's bad. She's a responsible woman. She doesn't do things like that. To make her feel better, I almost left our son at the soccer field. Okay? That's kind of where, where things have been. We, Josh, our, our nine-year-old, had a soccer game. And so Josh and I, his game finished up, they won 11-0, which was nice. And we're leaving the soccer field, and I have this sinking feeling that we're forgetting something. 
No, it wasn't a something. It was a someone. And I realized, oh, yeah, Zach is with us, too. Where? And then panic, and then, oh, yeah, maybe we should uh, not leave a five-year-old alone at Lila Kaiser Park for uh, a few hours. Right? That's the kind of week we've had. (laughs) So I'm sorry if you've had a similar week. (laughs) I'm really sorry. And I wanted to read something to us. There's, I, this wasn't going to be the core of my talk, but I just wanted, there's something that's on my heart that I wanted to share. We've been talking about the brilliance and beauty of Jesus. We have a nice graphic that, that Brie made for us. I'm not going to, I'll spare you the, the kind of overview of the last month, but we have the, the talks up online if you want to check them out. But we've been having fun. I don't know about you guys, but we've been having some, yeah, it's been fun to look at all these ways in which Jesus was doing something and they become kind of cliche for us. It's like, oh yeah, we know what Jesus is up to. And then you step back and you look a few layers deeper and you realize, oh my goodness, he is so absolutely brilliant. It's mind-boggling. Like, he is so worthy of following. The thing that's been holding us together, I guess for me, the thing that I've been loving is Jesus never apologizes to us for being better at life than we are but he simply offers us his life instead. That's the thing that's been hitting me and that we've been looking at is Jesus is so good at life and he's not apologetic. You ever feel like, you you almost feel bad sometimes if you're better at somebody than something and you kind of want to pull back, hold back a little bit because you don't want to make them feel bad. Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't hold back, but he doesn't say, oh, well, you have fun over there in your mess. He says, no, let me come there with you and walk through this with you. Let me offer to you what I have. And there's a story in Mark chapter 4 that Beth is going to put up here for us. We live by the beach, so some of you can appreciate this if you've ever been out on the water. There's some days when people will, will literally say, don't go out on the water, right? When the waves are certain intensity. And, but Jesus was out on the water, and they're in a boat on this lake. And it says, on that day when evening had come, he said to his disciples, let's go across to the other side of the lake. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. That's a weird thing to say. What does that mean? Just as he was. What would they do? Change him? I don't know what that's supposed to say. But maybe there's a hint in here. And a great... Oh, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose. That's kind of how I feel my week has been. I just feel like I'm in the midst of this just this swirling sea. And I'm like, will this garbage just slow down for a minute? Will it just calm down for just a second? I could just use some peace. But Jesus, (laughs) look at this, the waves were breaking onto the boat even. Imagine for a moment the intensity of this storm. So put yourself on this boat. You're out on a boat, you're out by the rock, and you know there's great whites in the water. Okay, maybe there's not at this time, but you're out on the boat by the rock and the waves are literally just throwing you around to the point where they're crashing over the sides of the boat. And you have the Son of God, you have Jesus on the boat with you. And you'd think that it would give you a little bit of peace, right? And what is he doing? He's snoozing. Can you, there's water, literally, this boat is rocking back and forth. Waves crashing over the side and Jesus is just chilling somewhere on the deck. Taking a nap. That's kind of how it felt for me this week. It's like, Jesus, are you napping? Are you sleeping on the job? Because um, I'm not feeling very much help right now. 
How tired would you have to be to be able to sleep in a situation like that? You'd have to be pretty exhausted. Do you know that if you track through the Bible, the different occurrences of people sleeping, there's all through the Old Testament, there's all these different instances of people that are literally, they're sleeping at times when you would imagine, how could anybody ever sleep? And what you find is that what's going on around them is this insane amount of stress or anxiety or literally the sense of overwhelm that the only way they can cope with it is by shutting down, by falling asleep. Have you been there? Where there's just so much going on around you that you're just like, where's the power down button? You just wish you could. You, you literally sometimes just can't stay awake. You just wake up. Like, you're like, whoa, where, what, what just happened? How am I sleeping in the midst of this chaos? Jesus himself even is what Mark is telling us. Jesus himself felt that overwhelmed to the point where he couldn't even keep himself awake. He had to just, just power down in the midst of a storm. Now for some of you guys, that's like, uh-oh. For me, that's reassuring. I'm like, Jesus gets this? Jesus understands what that's like? So the disciples wake him up. Couldn't have been easy. They woke him and they said, teacher, don't you care that we're about to die? And he's like, well, kind of. I was really enjoying my rest. But, and he awakes, he wakes up and he rebukes the wind and says to the sea, peace, be still. And the crazy thing of all crazy things is what? The waves actually Listen. And it's calm. How many of you would appreciate that button switched last week? <laughs> Let's just hit the calm button. Jesus literally speaks to the waves and says, Peace, be still. And everything just just flattens out. I would love to have that anointing. Healing is great. Words of knowledge, those things are great. The ability to teach could be nice. But I would love that one. When you just have the turn off the garbage button. People just call you in, Chris, life is chaotic right now. And you just go in, and you just like, maybe just kind of like, like a doorbell. Maybe just ring the doorbell, and all of a sudden, your kids are quiet, Right? Your house just magically cleans itself. Even the toilets. The food preps itself. It's sitting on the table for you. I would love to have that button, wouldn't you? Oh, man. I think we're on top of a business idea. Somebody, are you guys business-minded people? Brandon Silver? We're going to talk, my man. I would love to just flip that switch, but that's not how it works, is it? The kids don't stay quiet, do they? The more you need the kids to be quiet, the louder they get, don't they? And the more you need food to stay sane and manage your blood sugar, the less energy you have to actually prep it. That's why McDonald's makes a killing. I'm, pun, pun not intended. Yes, intended. Okay. Not even going to go there. Let's just back up. The house doesn't clean itself, does it? Jesus doesn't seem to do that. I've, I don't know about you guys, but I've never seen Jesus do this for me. He's never just flipped a switch. 
I wish he would. I wish he would. But I want to read something to you all. And this actually brings me a deeper peace than just the waves calming down. And it's a translation from a guy, it's a Latino thinker named Juan Luis Segundo. And this is translated from Spanish. So just listen as attentively as you can. Bear with me. But listen to this in light of what some of us have experienced in, in this story that we just looked at. We're going to cut in where he says, here we have another reason why it was good for them, the disciples, that Jesus go. He's talking about Jesus leaving the disciples and and sending the Holy Spirit. He says, it is as if Jesus had said something like this. Through my resurrection and the sending of the Spirit, I have replaced proclamation, in other words, calming the storm." with a new reality. I shall never again calm the storm as I once did. But my spirit will calm the storm when you have mastered the technique of constructing ships strong enough to ride out its waves. I shall never again return to feed a multitude in the desert, but I shall do it when my creative spirit in you has led them to improve the earth's soil and distribute its fruit better. That's why we need agricultural engineers. And if you suffer in these love-inspired tasks, I cannot help it. Oh, those are great words to hear from Jesus. I might not stop your suffering. Thanks for that assurance. If you suffer in these love-inspired tasks, I cannot help it, because now I am no longer in your midst, and rather, I am within you. As the source of the love, the creativity, and the persistence that leads you to love one another more effectively and like a family. Indeed, it is I in each of you that suffers from the stormy sea, the arid soil, the misery of poverty and alienation. Listen to this, the words of Jesus. Like you and with you, I suffer too. I have not shipped you off on a voyage without knowing whether the port of arrival is worth the trip. The great guarantee the only guarantee that I can give you is that I have shipped out with you in a committed and definitive way. I wish I could make a lot of copies. Well, I guess I could, but not right now, obviously, but... I feel like that's something that maybe needs some time to be absorbed, but did you, did you catch the big picture of that? This author is saying, what if Jesus isn't about calming the storm in terms of turning off an off switch, but what if Jesus is about sending the Spirit so that we, through community and through time with Him, have the internal resources to weather any storm? 
As parents, is it always the most loving thing for you to just isolate your children from reality? If we as parents had a stop all suffering, stop all difficulty button for your kids, would it be the most loving thing to do to just flip it? You'd like to sometimes, right? Because it'd take a lot less energy in parenting. But then what kind of people are they going to grow up to be? So Jesus says, maybe instead of calming the storm without you, I'm going to give you peace in the midst of the storm in the form of my presence and my companionship and my commitment to you. It's reassuring, but it's not, isn't it? Do you guys hear this? Can you guys... I don't know if I read it too fast, if it's just, yeah, but do you hear the Spirit saying something here? That Jesus' peace transcends our circumstances. It doesn't come to us in the form of closing us off from chaos. It comes to us in the form of a person that's with us no matter what. But it's easy to lose sight of that, isn't it, when Waves are crashing over the side of your boat. It's really easy to lose sight of that. Cindy, I can't imagine. I'm not trying to put you on the spot in a weird way, but I can't imagine how all of a sudden, yeah, I'm just really sorry. Like You you go from being able to do whatever you need to do to all of a sudden the most menial tasks, right? You, You have to have someone help you with. And if you could find peace in the midst of that, that's a pretty spectacular thing, isn't it? My baby boy. What? What? Yeah, please. You're my wife. You can always read something. You don't ever have to ask my permission. Well, okay, maybe you should just in case. That's a cute little, what is that you're wearing? <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is fashion day. This is fashion day at Coastlands Vineyard. Um, so this is a blog post I wrote September 12th, but I just wanted to share it in light of, should I or not? I don't know. Just make sure it gets, yeah. Okay. Um, and it's actually entitled Walking Through the Storm. So I just found it interesting that talking about the storm and the ship and the waves and and different things, and, um, and it rounds up with just some encouragement that I wanted to share. So, um, September 12th, I said, walking through the storm is not always easy, but it will be worth it. Um, I was thinking about the past few months and what a ride it has been for myself and my family. Here's a quick recap. So, for those of you who are new, here's a shortened version of what he said. Brace yourselves. <laughs> oh, no. um, Nathan was born on February 19th. 
End of March, I got E. coli. A week later, I found out my kidneys were functioning at 16%, and that I already qualified for a transplant. In May, we got a new job, this lovely thing that we love. <laughs> that was good news. Yes. <laughs> um, then May 17th, my dad died unexpectedly. Five days later, our family was on a plane to China for a month-long trip we had planned. So that's the backdrop to this post. <laughs> um, I'm strong. I've always known that. There's a deep strength in me, and while all of this has been going on, I've felt that strength. But it's not all from within. You see, this crazy storm wouldn't even allow me to fully catch my breath before another wave was taking me out and tumbling my heart around. This storm had, or has, the potential to push me to my breaking point. I want to share this because I think we can often see how strong people are, but not know the battle that is going on within. To get through this season, I've had to pull into community and refuse to let myself become isolated. Part of that is unhealthy in that in keeping busy, I don't have to deal with the storm in my heart. But I also know that some storms can't be calmed in a day, and you need to find a way to weather it out. Being with others has helped me keep my head afloat despite the storm. This community has been our church. It's been family. It's been my husband spending extra time with the boys to give me mental and emotional space to process, even when he's tired. It's been him being present, which keeps me feeling grounded, even though the storm is not completely calmed. It's been his arms around me when the pain of losing my dad feels like it's knocked the life out of me. It's been a new feeling for me to need him as much as I do right now. Remember, I've always been strong. But I'm learning what strong can mean beyond just the strength from within. Being strong is letting others help and care for you. Being strong is seeing a counselor, knowing that if you don't work through some of these feelings, you'll not be able to move forward like you'd like to. Being strong is admitting you can't do everything that you could do, even just a few months ago, even if it hurts your pride or ego. Being strong is setting boundaries, knowing that you only have so much you can give right now, and if just taking care of yourself and your family is what you can do, it's okay. Being strong is walking through the greatest grief I've ever known, rather than running from it. Being strong is also knowing that those who wait and hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Being strong is seeing that even through all of this, He is working. He's leading me and taking me to a new mountain that I've never been on before. He's taking me to a level of strength I've never known before, freedom I've ne never known before, and healing I've never known before. While I don't believe he caused this storm, I do believe he will use it for good. So though some days the storm seems to be behind me, there are still moments when I get caught off guard by the waves, be it a thought of my dad, a kidney report that my function's gone down a little, fighting with the reality that my diet needs to change drastically to heal my kidneys, or just keeping up as a wife and mom with my energy not being what I'm used to. I know the waves cannot crush me. I will keep walking. I will let them, the Father, Spirit, and Son, carry me and my community walk beside me into my healing, into my freedom, into my wholeness, into joy. And on the other side of this storm, I will walk in a new and deeper understanding of who he's made me to be. So though it's not always easy, we're never alone, and it will be worth it. And so I just wanted to share that with you guys because I don't know, you know, what some people are facing or feeling or the storm. And it isn't always easy, but it will be worth it. And on the other side, there's new depths and freedom and just life that we've never known before. So. You still up here? Yeah. Still up here. Yeah. My That's PS. my wife. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really significant what she said about we, we can't tell from the outside what people are processing. You know, we, 
we come in here on Sunday morning, and I love it. I mean, there's so many people that we love here, and it just it makes our day to, to see their faces, but we don't know what was going on with people five minutes before they pulled up, right? It might have been the most crazy, tumultuous, chaotic things going on, and, and obviously the joy of seeing one another and coming together kind of pushes that aside, but then, you know, once 12 o'clock hits or whatever time we're done wrapping up, we have to go back into into that reality. And so how do we come together and be for, we, for each other what we need to be to help actually walk through things like we want to and like Jesus calls us to? So, yeah, I don't... I want to give us some space just to pray for each other.